This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The last but not least segment, what we have learned this week. Lindsey Patterson here. And Mike Santagata. All right, Mike, when you think, we've talked about preseason, we've talked about offensive line, we've talked about Jesse Bates. What have you learned so far? We're in midway point through of August. It's almost September, which is crazy to believe. Regular season is almost here, but where are you at right now on, on what you've learned so far? I think the main thing I might have learned this week, and it's just a reminder because this happened to me once before, is just when you're watching the game live for the first time, I really don't know how great the analysis is on interior offensive linemen because me and everybody was like, ooh, Cordell Volson is the best player out there right now on the offensive line or something, at least something like that. I kind of held back a little bit because I was like, I remember I said this before about something and I remember watching. I went, oh, no, that's not true. But uh, it seemed like everybody was like, yep, he just won the left guard spot. And honestly, he might have just by showing up and playing decently. But it wasn't as good as we remember. So it's just a reminder to just – wait until you have enough time to go over something, go over that the game a second time to before having a real definitive take. All right. I'm going to stay with offensive line before, before I give mine up of what I have learned so far, you mentioned in the prior segment about Jackson Carmen and really not ready to give up on this guy. Obviously it's just one year in the books for his rookie year. He did deal with some injuries and you have to wonder if they had one more healthy offensive lineman in the Super Bowl, if that means that team's coming home with rings or not, but personally, why are you not ready to give up on Jackson Carmen? What do you see from him when you watch the tapes or highlights or any of his reps in regular season last year that this guy still has a shot to be a guard in the NFL. Really to me, and just strictly on the field stuff here is just um, 
you could see why they like him. And it's not anything really technical. He's very raw still, it, both his feet and his hands. He's so wide with his hands. And it really sucks because the his best thing is just how powerful his punch is, just, not, just naturally. He's not really really straining into it but just naturally hitting a guy and he could stop stuff he can move guys over a full gap it's just he never connects so if he could ever and i don't know about practice maybe in practice he's like oh yeah he's fine he's fine in these like 75 percent speed reps but then when the bullets are flying and it's not a guy you know it's just every single rep seems to be wide 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 and it what it does is it saps away his power he gets called for holding penalties because his hands are wide you can see those when you're grabbing in and then also he's given up his chest. I mean, and you're as, as an offensive lineman, your chest is essentially your head as a boxer. Uh, if you give that up, you're losing control of the fight. So he needs to protect that better. He needs to be able to nail his hands inside on these defensive linemen. And he needs to be able to get his feet down so that he's not worried, not in bad positions, not playing high, just everything technically seems to still be, not great <laughs> just like last year but it's just when you see him connect with the hands it go i just go okay i get it i get why you know this guy could be a starting guard because if he plays well enough within the phone booth which is becoming wider and wider with these defensive linemen just going wide 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 uh, but plays well within that limited space he's pretty athletic and then he's got just real power to him and he's got a little bit of length too. So there is reason to not give up, even though I think Cordell Wilson most likely has already, if not going to win the job this week, just by virtue of Carmen not being able to play in the last preseason game. I don't know. I, I think as a player, you could still see him start, but it it's slipping more and more away every week. And at, at this point, I mean, you almost not going to say uh, – not gonna jinx him, but you almost need Cordell to not play for a week and then Carmen to light it up for him to actually have the shot. And I don't see that happening, but I do think when you watch him, you're like, it's still fixable. He's still young. He's still a second year pro. It's just, ah, you want to see more improvement from last year. I, so I'm on both sides. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Because I feel like we've talked about offensive lines since after the 2015 season when they had a legit offensive line. Do you feel like this guard position spot is in better shape than it was Joe Burrow's first year? To start that year, it was Mike Jordan. And I think it might be in a better spot than that. <laughs> we don't really uh, think back of everything in Washington right now. I mean, it all <laughs> PTSD for a lot of Bengals fans. So, you know, when you think about this guard position, I mean, just what it used to be years ago. And obviously people will say the Bengals, they don't play that they pay the guard position. They just don't value it as much as they do tackles. But at some point you have to value the guard position and, and spend that money. And for them personally, they went the draft. If you look at the left guard position right now. And I think if you look over the last couple of years, 
yeah, it's still a question mark at left guard. And we don't know what the rookie's going to look like week one because I'm still leaning toward he's going to be starting because he is getting those reps right now. And those are valuable reps. We're at the end of August right now. Early September is going to be here before you know it. And all the game plan is going to be for week one against the Steelers. And you're like, hey, this other guy, he's getting second team reps. I'm not putting him out there right now. Joe Burrow took 70 sacks last year. So for me personally, I would say, if healthy, this offensive line is probably, this is going to sound like a hot take and it's about to come out of my mouth. It's probably in the best position it's been in since 2015. What do you think about that? Oh, I agree. I, I think uh, you got both tackle spots solidified. You've got a stud at right tackle in Maul Collins, and you've got what could be another stud at left tackle in Jonah Williams last year. And we always, it seems like everybody's talking about what Jonah could be this year. Last year, he was good. He wasn't elite, but he was good. So if he builds on that, he becomes even better this year. And then you've got a solid center and then a good and still feels like ascending right guard in Alex Kappa. So you've got four positions solidified. 2015 only had four positions solidified. You think Andre Smith, solid. Andrew Whitworth, stud. Kevin Zeitler, stud. Clint Bowling, pretty good. But then Russell Bodine was in the middle, and you're like, okay, that's the guy that's always messing this whole thing up. It's not five, it's not five elite offensive linemen, it's four really good ones, and then that guy in the middle that you hope doesn't ruin it. So now it's kind of the same thing, right? You got four good offensive linemen, and then a guy in the middle, and I'm hoping Cordell Volson isn't a Russell Bodine because I think there's like what 80% chance Cordell Volson's starting week one. Uh, so like we talk about what we would do. What I think happens is Cordell Volson's out there week one. And just is what it is. But you've got four good that you know are good offensive linemen. And then you have a left guard that you're not sure of. But you, if you have one position that's not great, that's to me, okay, there's ways to get around that. You could slide the center. You can give him help with the tackle and chip with the tight end. You can have him try to uh, play it inside out all the time. Let him ride guys around the outside just – a whole bunch of different ideas to you can have running backs chip up the middle, <laughs> release up the middle to take away a side. There's a whole bunch of stuff that they can do to help one guy. The issue is when you have to help the right guard, the right tackle and the left guard or something like that, or the center right guard, right tackle. And you've got two or three positions that you're like, well, how do we help all three of these guys or two of these guys that becomes more iffy. But when you're just helping one guy, I think that's definitely doable. And that's really what they did in 2015. You mentioned Jonah Williams, and I kind of bring this up when you have a healthy offensive lineman. I think we haven't seen the best of Jonah Williams yet. I think he can be better. And just imagine if he actually gets legit help with the interior and he has another tackle, a legit tackle on the other side. What this offensive line can do for the guys who have already been showing up in Jonah Williams and then obviously in the free agents depth and, and starters that you have out there. For me personally, I think that's going to be a difference maker on this offensive line. But I'll stay with the offense right now. And I think it was kind of a hot topic this offseason. What I have learned, and I'm, I'm so optimistic when I think about their weapons. For me personally, I still think they need that fourth wide receiver. Of course, if this team is healthy, and you have Tyler Boyd out there, you have Jamar Chase, you have T Higgins, you're in great shape. If somebody could tell you that right now in August, that those guys are going to be ready for the whole entire season, you don't have to worry about a thing. Because obviously when you look at last season, health was in the Bengals' favor. And that's a big reason why they went on the run they did. And then obviously the talent they have out there. A lot of teams around the league, they spent money in the wide receiver department because they looked at what Cincinnati's doing. They didn't straight up say it, 
but it's a perfect example of what you should do when it comes to playmakers. I think a lot of people go back to 2020 and think T Higgins, I didn't have Cincinnati taking T Higgins in the second round. Obviously he fell, you know, early in the second because they're picking first in the second round. They get Jamar Chase 50, 50, someone at offensive lineman, someone at Jamar Chase. I'm in team chase from day one. I think that was a great move for them and it paid off rookie of the year. You look at guys in the preseason, and I think those are the guys fighting for the job right now when it comes to the wide receiver four spot. Trent Taylor, he's always going to hold a place for a lot of Bengals fans in their heart because you go back to Kansas City. Jamar, Joe, Joe and Jamar, they're mic'd up. Joe says, when we score, we're going for two. They go to Trent Taylor. He makes the catch for the two-point conversion, something they went over two weeks before that game. At the moment, I would say what I've learned – if the season started tomorrow, Trent Taylor's probably my wide receiver number four. How you feel about that? I refuse to take Stanley Morgan Jr.'s slander on my first podcast. Oh, honorary fullback Stanley. I love him. He's my wide receiver four. Bring him on the field just to block. That guy lead blocking. That's what I love to see. <laughs> he gets I was say he gets out there. Well, to Stanley Morgan's credit, it's really crazy because when Joe Burrow, he said it last year towards the end of the season when they were sitting down doing interviews, and he said if Stanley Morgan wasn't on this team, he doesn't know if they would be as close as they are. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but that was the connection and chemistry that this team has. Obviously, he's an, he's a special teams guy, and the wide receiver group loves him out there. You look at on the, the social media posts and just some of the training camp practices, they like the guy. There's nothing against Stanley Morgan. I want him to be a part of this team. And honestly, if it has to be wide receiver four, Trent Taylor, Stanley Morgan are both your guys. And Joe Burrow can make both those guys look like wide receiver number one or two out there because that's how talented he is. I like it. I mean, I like Stanley Morgan too, but me personally, I can't forget Trent Taylor. I can't forget Trent Taylor and the AFC championship game. Oh man, uh, I can't believe this. No, I'm always I'm always gonna go to bat for Stanley Morgan. I mean, that guy, the receiver room loves him because he gets down and dirty. He gets out there and lead blocks for Joe Mixon. He's driving corners 10 yards downfield. That fires you up. But Jamar Chase was uh, on that one awesome play against Detroit. He's lead blocking down the field. That's what Stanley does every time he gets on the field. You know, it's not, you know, why it's not highlighted is because, you know, he's doing it every time he's out there. I highlight it (laughs) if nobody else does. I love the guy. Uh, If you're looking at specifically a receiver, receiver, wide receiver for Trent Taylor's probably a fine choice. Mike Thomas, not bad when he gets in there he's always been at least with burrow fine he catches some balls he caught the touchdown against the browns i remember uh just i feel like he's always fine when he gets out there as the fourth wide receiver i think trent taylor also does a good job when he gets out there really you could get something more dynamic like a will fuller and there's probably a reason will fuller is still out there right maybe it's just the injury thing and people are just tired of signing him these 10 million dollar deals and then he gets injured by week three so maybe the Bengals don't want to do that type of thing but I think you could look outside for a more dynamic wide receiver, but really I feel okay with what they've got. And whether that's Trent Taylor, your guy, or it's my guy, Stanley Morgan, who I hope one of these days, you know, maybe he'll get the ball in his hands sometimes and see if he could do something there. I'll just say we're both, I'm I personally, I can speak for B. I'm not an Odell Beckham Jr. person who says like, let's wait and see what happens. And he comes back like mid season. That's not going to happen. That's not happening in Cincinnati. So here's what we're going to do, Mike. It's our first episode. It's August 23rd. 
I'll go Trent Taylor. You go Stanley Morgan. There's nothing against Stanley Morgan. I hope he succeeds. This team loves, loves him. And when you have number nine on your side, you're good. You're good for the rest of the time. And, and Joe, Joe thinks a lot of Stanley Morgan. But it was our first episode, and this is a lot of fun. I think we could have talked for like two more hours. And credit to our guy, Nick, our producer, who's given us our time on the side. And he's kind of like, okay, guys, wrap it up, wrap it up. You know, there's plenty to talk about. And, and we're in preseason right now. Preseason's almost over. And we'll be back two episodes a week. And in regular season, you're going to hear from us three times a week. I'm really, really pumped about this new podcast. First episode, it's always game day in Cincinnati. And we hope you tune in later this week. I'm Lindsay Patterson. You can find me over on Twitter at LNDS Patterson. Mike, give a shout out to your Twitter. Yeah, uh, I'm Mike Santagata. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bengals underscore Sands. A lot of stuff up there, a lot of clips, a lot of offensive line talk, a lot of Stanley Morgan fullback talk. <laughs> I'm the worst. Don't hate me, Twitter. I still love Stanley Morgan. But but we'll be back later this week, and I hope you take a listen. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode, and it's always game day in Cincinnati.